Greetings, mortals, and welcome <laughs> to Box Not Included, the show looking at geek culture and the media that we love and that we loathe from a queer perspective. I'm Hamish. Riddle me this, riddle me that, steal. You bastard! I was going to go with Is that literally that? Rose. Oh my god. Oh, we are so in sync. No, I'm taking that as a good side for the episode. Okay. That's well, a good side. Um, no, it's fine. It's okay. Fine. It's fine. Also, Jade is here. <laughs> Yeah, I just fucking press yeah. record. What do you need me for? You just poured water on I've wetted it myself. <laughs> this episode's going very well. This is going great. 36 seconds in. I love it. Today is another No Box Vox Pop. Our second? I uh, think our second, yes. Yeah, no, our second. We've had, a th- we've had three geek outs. This is our second No Box Vox Pop. And we are so happy that people have been getting in contact with us. Yes, and please, we don't. You don't need to send this in when we ask for them. Yeah, no, anytime. Um, make it clear, maybe if you want your question answered straight away. Yeah. Um, via like, if you send us something on on Twitter, mm-hmm. say answer now, damn it! <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we need to come up with a hashtag. No box vox pop. That's a good hashtag. <laughs> It's short, it's snappy, it's got X's in it, so you know it's cool. Yes. Um, little known fact, wasn't No Box Box Pop one of the... Original working titles. Original yes. working titles for the show, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, good. <laughs> I'm glad that we didn't choose that, maybe. Yeah. It's Vox a... Pop. Vox, was it? Vox Populist. The voice of the people. Mm-hmm. And you guys, you are the peoples. You are. Or the... Sentient robots or the aliens. We don't like to ascribe labels. Also, just before recording, we saw, we were looking briefly at our stats. Yeah. And um, I just want to offer another thank you. Um, we seem to be doing pretty well yeah. for what we are. The fact that we do no promotion other than a reblog every week. Yeah, so um, thank you guys for like sharing with your friends. And continuing to listen. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, so yeah, we've been getting, we've been getting quite a few questions, but we also wanted to discuss something that we yes. saw in the media recently. The news. The news. Um, I want your opinion on this mm-hmm. mm, uh, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So I will do a brief uh, catch up. Yes. Um, so there is a they use the term actor mm-hmm. specifically uh, called uh, Asia Kate Dale. In a show called Billions, I believe. I'm familiar with... I don't really know what it is. It's got, it's got like Damien Lewis and yes. Giamatti. Um, but essentially, um, there is talk of them being nominated for awards in TV mm-hmm. award season. And uh, they made a... Um, sort of comments about what categories they'd be put into, whether actor or actress. Mm-hmm. Um, they are were assigned female at birth. I believe so. Um, and... Uh, has gone by actress in the past at the start of the of their career. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the Emmys responded yes. by saying that um, they are going to let uh, H.K. Dale decide if they are put into actor or actress. Mm-hmm. And MTV Movie and TV Awards have responded to the topic by going gender neutral with all their awards. Mm-hmm. So there's just best, I suppose, actor is the more general. Best re- performance. Best performance, um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Different responses. Yes. Conflicts, con- uh, questions, thoughts, feelings. This is my no Vox Pop, Vox Pop question to you. Ah, I see what you did there. As 
a non-binary actor mm-hmm. who has talked to me in the past about the joy, the joy that you would get out of causing this kind of confusion mm-hmm. being a problem in the system. Yeah. How has this topic made you feel? I think the Emmy's a cop-out. That was my first response. Well, I agree with some of their comments about how it's not about biology and stuff like that. I said some of their comments were um, agreeable to me. But the fact that they said, you decide what you submit under. We leave it up to you. Airs of being respectful, but that smacks of a cop-out. It also smacks of, well, you can decide that day if you're a man or a woman. Yeah, that bothered me. The thing is that that... At the end of the day, they put it to the performer, and the performer is having that choice. And the thing about Emmys is you submit like specific episodes and things for consideration. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm bigging up MTV Awards because going cool, right? Best performance. I dig that because unlike say the Oscars, um, when you get to the TV awards, and I think it, um, they separate into genre. Mm. It's like. Best com- best performance in a drama, in a comedy, in a musical slash slash. Th- there's a couple. There's one category that's like four. Well, music awards have so the Grammys have always been gender neutral, and a few music awards go more overt by genre because I feel mm, it's a bigger. Yes. So the main uh, counter I've I it was my first thought with the MTV approach mm. is that sounds cool. But if in 10 years, 90% of awards have gone to men, uh, is that good? Does that say more about the film industry? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the reason I've often heard that awards have been separated is that in the industry, um, roles tend to be written for either, I'm going to say cis men or cis women. Cause, yeah, I think that's um, a fair comment. And you can only audition for what the role requires. So the reason why categories have been separated is that you're awarding someone for getting the role in the first place and they could never have got certain roles. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of making sure when it was first created in a very binary system um, that there was some kind of equal... In the same way that men and women don't compete in the same sort of sporting events kind of thing? Yeah, but I feel they're not they're not against each other. I think that's the thing. Like it's they are given different characters to play. If the best role of the year mm. is a male character, then it would never have been possible for a woman to get that award, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I think if that comes down to the, you need to like take a hard look at the fucking media mm. and then go, why are all the most interesting roles given written as male characters to be performed by men? I think there is bigger issues to unpack around the portrayal of men and women and non-binary folk as it's becoming more and more. Oh yeah, no, these people do exist in the West, and I, I do make that, and because I can't speak for like the cinema in other countries um, where gender is less viewed in a less binary fashion. Yeah, that's what I, I think that is just my worry that the nature of the film industry means that some something like the MTV Movie Awards might disproportionately celebrate. On the plus side, I mean, it might be interesting. So, like, you only, for, like, best leading role, a film can still submit 
like four actors. Like mm. it'd be interesting. Like if you think about Oscar season, then Viola Davis and Denzel Washington, who were both up in their separate categories, were both would both be up for lead performance in a drama. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, there, I, there's a lot to think about and unpack. I, and hope, I think we're just seeing yeah. sort of the beginning of that. I mean, I I think they wear it with a bit of pride, but it is interesting that most of the time people talk about Asia Kate Dale, it's non-binary actress or actor. I say actress because they're listed as actress on IMDb and have been. Yeah. Um, it's it it's just that. It's all getting in the way of what could be a great performance. Yeah. What I also found interesting in the article that you linked me to was the way they kept saying non-binary gender. Mm. And I'm like, like... no, you can just say non-binary. Yeah. But again, I think that's to do with the wider media coming to understand the language and the terminology. There's going to be a lot of sloppy journalism and people trying but not quite understanding to get through. Mm -hmm. I hope at the end of the day... I hope actually that my concerns about the the MTV approach, MTV approach, is that maybe in the future anyone can audition for things and you can rethink films. Um, yeah, I definitely think there is potential there for people to write part because the, the ongoing discussion of writing role interesting roles for women versus writing interesting roles that could be played by any gender. I feel that's an ongoing thing that is bigger than the conversation we're having right now. No, yeah, exactly. And there is a lot to be said, and just like maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should focus on getting some more interesting roles that have been explicitly written for women before writing roles that could be played by any gender. So, ergo, are likely to be put to a man. Um, I, I maybe might talk about this on our future geek out, but mm -hmm. I um, I started watching a show called Legion. Yes, I really want to watch it. I only watched one episode, but something, an interesting thing I read is that there is a role written in the script for a man in his 50s or 60s, which in the show is played by Aubrey Plaza, because she did the I, best I, audition. I've seen the, <laughs> I've seen the pictures and she looks phenomenal in like, that role. Like she is having the best, that's yeah. kind of what my hair looks a bit like today, mm. but my hair is shaved on the sides and greeny blue, green and blue. Um, yeah, I just think that, uh, you know... But yeah, they had, a role, they had a role in mind and then Audrey came in and they, the thing is, they thought to audition her or yes. she pushed with her agent to say, no, I want to play that role. That's an interesting thing to... Uh, yeah, no, if you get me Legion, I'd like to talk about it at some mm. point because I think there's some interesting stuff probably to talk about with regards to um, portrayal of mental illness. Yes, and that's the like thing that. I'm like... I'm really enjoying it, but I want to see where this is going before yeah, I before like, you come down over the side of the fence. Definitely got some things going There's across. Some things. There's, There's some, some things. There's some things happening in there. Yeah. Always happy to see an English actor doing well on an American TV show, though. Um, <laughs> no, in, when I was at university, uh, there was a production of uh, "As You Like It" at the Rose Theatre in Kingston. Hamish and I went to the same uni, a few years apart, though, <laughs> and um, I got to be an assistant stagehand. In a, for a couple of the shows, and it was very cool because they they just pulled they pulled a lot of their crew from the uni from the drama department, mm. and Dan Stevens was playing Orlando. Ooh, and I got to see the performance a couple of times, but he was a gen, he. This was back pre Downton Abbey. This was like in two thousand and five six. Rebecca Hall was playing Rosalind, and Hunter from the Gladiators was in it. <laughs> 
he was actually very good. Oh. And Arietti from The Borrowers, who will always be Arietti from The Borrowers. I'm talking about the TV series with Ian Holm that is fantastic. I'm getting off topic. But anyway, Dan Stevens, I spoke to him a couple of times and he was genuinely lovely and sweet. And oh, so I had some good experiences at the Rose Theatre as well. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So I am very pro Dan Stevens doing well. I had never seen him in anything and then I watched Legion episode one and then Beauty and the Beast in the same day. And, and? um well as the first like I didn't quite connect the two mm-hmm. and then when spoilers for Beauty and the Beast, but when he transforms <laughs> What? <laughs> when he what? turns into human again, which has always been a quite uh, human again, when it's always been um, a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. He goes from sort yeah. of whatever. Um, I was like, oh, hey, I know you. Hi. How Hello, you guy. He's cute. Yeah. Um, anyway. 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 Um, yeah. I want to see what happens with this. Yeah, no. But definitely thing. a possible one to talk about. Hmm. I mean, we could talk about the X-Men franchise generally. I was talking about um, non-binary acting awards. Oh, I thought we were still talking about Legion. Both to be talked about in future. Yeah. But let's go to questions from you guys. Because you are the pop in... You guys put the pop (laughs) in Vox Pop. And speaking of pop... Speaking of pop... (laughs) Oh, my God. Indie Prince on Twitter asked, despite both being evil, Pepsi or Coke? Well, the whole... So... This was asked, I'm assuming, before this recent advert came out? No, I think it was asked because of this recent advert. Oh, right. I think, basically, I, I just want to say one thing, which is insensitive adverts are probably the least evil thing giant corporations do. Yeah, this is um, very true. So if you boycott... It's okay if to boycott Pepsi, but choosing Coke over Pepsi doesn't seem like yeah that's not really a moral they're both are doing much worse things than awful adverts but hamish you're avoiding the question oh pepsi or coke unrelated to what i just said yeah talking Um, purely based on flavor i'm coke so am i pepsi to me feels like Okay, I'm I, I'm going to say some things which might sound controversial, but let me explain afterwards. Tell me, tell me everything. Pepsi to me is uh, emotionally, it is Digimon and Sony Playstations and GoBots and basically all these things that aren't necessarily worse, but they are what other families had <laughs> as a child, <laughs> and I didn't know why. Um, also, I want to explain something about Pepsi. Like, so basically what I'm saying, I have no judgment on those things, but they're like the alternate version that I guess some families have because they're in parallel universe to my family. Yeah. Um, uh, Pepsi is an odd thing in my house because, um, my brother's diabetic and so we always had this big fridge which, um, he had Pepsi Max. I think that was like the best soft drink he could have. Yeah. Um, and so I've always seen Pepsi as this like medical thing that <laughs> certain people have to have and I'm not allowed to touch because yeah. I'm dwindling their supply. Um, so I think he had a bit of Diet Coke. but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's interesting because I think, I don't know how we got onto the, con- the conversation of Pepsi versus Coke at work. But most people were like Coke, but I really like Pepsi Max. And I'm like, mm. I don't get on well with the zero slash maxes of this world. Well, I feel like maybe Pepsi Max is just a better a better treatment than Diet Coke or Coke Zero, which yeah. is a whole 
gender thing I want to talk about with Coke Zero. All right. Well, it's the same product, basically, but... Isn't it slightly different? It's slightly different, but Diet Coke is so advertised towards women, like, historically and famously, with the whole, like, I don't want you to do 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 And then when uh, Coke Zero came out, it was, like, a bunch of lads walking down the street saying, I don't need this, I don't need this, I drink Coke Zero. Yeah. Um, Isn't there a really funny line in Scott Pilgrim where, like, Scott's, like, I don't know... Manhood gets sh- uh, shook by Gideon by saying, "Oh, you have a Coke Zero, right?" Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's a lot of gender stuff to have in advertising. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, oh, oh, yeah, no, same. I genuinely think Coke tastes better. But it's interesting when you look at the history because Coca-Cola was designed pre-sort of refrigeration and has its own own history as sort of a one of the uh, patent cures and stuff like. That. The history of Coca-Cola is really quite interesting. But Pepsi wasn't released until after refrigeration. Mm. Which is why Pepsi tastes so much better cold, uh, like beyond compare, better cold. Whereas Coke, people can drink warm, even or room temperature. Why you would like some kind of <laughs> animal? I have no idea. Coke should be cold and Coke should be fizzy. <laughs> but that's my own predilections. But yeah, Coca Cola all the way. I don't do Diet Coke either. So I like a Coke float. No, actually, I don't. <laughs> I love. No, I, I don't. If I see no, one on I the menu, if I see one on the menu, I'm like, "Ooh, Coke float!" And I always get one, and I always think, "Well, it just feels like a dollop of ice cream put in Coke. It doesn't become anything." You new. need like a cream float, like a yeah. cream soda. That's designed yeah. for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I made that error. <laughs> next question. Bring on the next. Let's move okay, on. Let's move um, on from this. Thomas Michael Steed on Twitter uh, said, and this was quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, we are now a sidekick character to a fictional character. Ooh. Who do you choose to hang out with? I have not prepared anything for any of these questions. Here's a, here's a fun spin on it. We'll have to come up with individually. Then if we were a pair, if we were like duo sidekicks, mm. if, 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 if Rose and Steel were a pair of sidekicks. Wow. Um, so what would be my... <sighs> I don't know. I kind of want to be a, a sidekick to a villain. Because That'd be hilarious. in a in in the third time I'm mentioning the on this podcast way, mm. you can have your own separate little redemption. Yeah. I feel like you can break off from the evil yeah. but still have all the fun of the first act villainry. Which villains do you like? This can be your this can be your oh. story. Who would you want to be the The Master? Ooh. Evil Time Lord. Ooh. I think the master should have more companions. Yeah, we've talked um, about this. In- I would love to be. I'd love to be Missy's companion. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, I guess I'll stick with that. <laughs> we need yeah. to get through these questions. I could like go on forever yeah. thinking about this. Um, well, on the flip side, I would. Um, I'd be. A, I'd love to be a companion to the Doctor. Generally, but I also really like the idea of being like an informant or like oracle kind of character. I love tech support characters mm. in a massive, 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 massive way. Like Penelope Garcia in Criminal Minds and Hardison in Leverage. And who the thought was there in my head and it disappeared. There was somebody else. Oh, Merlin in Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Um, I love those kinds of characters. And while I don't really have any tech savvy, I love the idea of being like a connection or a go-to for some kind of superhero or spy. Actually, you know this because you've seen you've seen the photo. Um, 
put me in the Man from Uncle sequel, set in the nineteen mm. sixties. Let me be like the secretary or personal assistant to Waverly or something like that. That I think I would have a really good time with. You know something that dissects sidekicks in an interesting way? Sky High. Have you seen it? I have not. I've it's seen little bits of it. Hogwarts, but for superheroes, superheroes. and you get sorted at the start if you're going to be a hero or a sidekick. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a really fun concept. thing is, a lot of people sort of rankle at the notion of being a sidekick. I love the idea of being a sidekick. Mm. I, it's... Um, it's, I think I, I can't remember if I've said this on this podcast, but it's the opening of um, David Copperfield, I believe. So I know not yet if I am the hero of these pages or if mm. that role is to be taken by somebody else. I feel like I'm a sidekick waiting to happen. Well, I so like Temple of Doom is not a film. I think before another Indiana Jones film came along, I thought it was the weakest. But one of the things that I feel like I would have loved to see an Indiana Jones franchise continue where the thing that really changed was who was on the the adventure with him. Yeah. I feel like that's what really defines those films and makes them feel separate. And like short, round and willy, Mm. the the most cartoonish pair, I think, that gets put in the film. Like, I would love to see... It's like kind of like the concept of the Bond girl. Yeah, Like, you have this, like, you have this, like, constant. You have your constant. Or like the Doctor and his companions. Yeah. It's always the sidekicks that add the flavour to this sort of adventure. I I love supporting characters. They tend Mm. to be my favourite. So So we've kind of... What if we were came as a pair? Actually, saying Indiana Jones, you and I, as the (laughs) travelling companions to, like, a globe-trotting archaeologist type, could be really fun. Yeah. I... You could draw all the encounters and I could... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, oh. I don't know oh. what I'd do. Um, oh, there'd be some kind of espionage acting. Thank you. An acting challenge. Thank you. Um, I, feel stu- I feel suitably humoured. Let's move on uh, to another question. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I want to talk... Oh, no. We're going to... No, okay. No, I wrote, I wrote a, like, a Batman synopsis. Yeah. Um, I'm very invested in the, the parallel universe where the George Clooney Batman films continued. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, it was a script floating around for, um, a fifth of those sort of nineties Batman films. Yeah. And in that, uh, the villain was Harley Quinn played by Madonna. Um, Jeff Goldblum played the Scarecrow. Um, it was bonkers, but something I quite liked and something I thought about a lot is that, um, the plot revolves around how Harley Quinn wants to resurrect Jack Nicholson's Joker from the dead using okay. like the Scarecrow's powers. I don't know how or okay, why. Okay, cool. But, rolling with it, rolling um, with it. I think it, the film was like coming out a time where people were talking about is it the killing joke with... Yes. When, um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and because Batgirl was on those films, um, the thing that they did with the film... Harley Quinn in this version was actually like a kind of a supervillain groupie and like loved every single supervillain that Batman had fought in the franchise so far. Okay. And at the end of the film, her love for the Joker backfires when she's the one who get um, ends up in a wheelchair. Oh, right. Um, but the film would end with Harley Quinn being the Oracle in the Batcave whose fan obsession with Batman villains means that she knows all of them like inside out and 
should say, okay, if you're fighting Toothface, that means that he's probably attacking this way because that's how he likes to do it. And when that's you bring him, when you bring him in, make sure I get an autograph. <laughs> like, I like that kind of that's, that's spin interesting. on. That's oh, interesting. Anyway, sorry, that's a bit of a tangent. That's fine. We're good at tangents here. Um, I don't know how to pronounce that. Let me see. Um, uh, acidic stitch. It's just oh, got X's in it. Okay. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. I'm sorry. It's like exidic stitch. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, am I, uh, what, oh. <laughs> what are your opinions on self-expression and what to do if people won't allow it? Who Are you being racist or homophobic or attacking people with your self-expression? No? Do it? Yeah, I mean, I... Are you being a dick to other people? I'd want to know the person better to answer this question. Yeah, I mean... Self-expression, everyone should be able to express themselves. I think I understand what they mean in terms of sometimes you find yourself in an environment where oh. the uh, the advice to always be, be self-expression yeah, no. um, doesn't okay. really translate. I don't know more I don't know more about the question, but um, yeah. if I'm taking it in that kind of sense, um, I would I would maybe suggest to not um, make the bias the bar so high yeah in terms of being your ideal self if there's like a thing yeah that you can express yourself with if it's even just through t-shirts or like yeah um if you i'm I, i'm putting lots of words in your uh digital mouth <laughs> um so i don't really know fully what the question is but for example if you see yourself as this sort of big out and proud character um or something like that, even if it's through nerdiness or sexuality yeah. or gender or anything like that. Um, if there's, you can sort of start small in your own personal way yeah. that you see. Yeah. Or if it's perhaps not safe. I mean, there are ways and places to find, but the, I mean, small ways like, hell, buy some nerdy socks online. Even mm. if you're the only one that knows you're wearing them. Did we talk in the, yeah, we talked in the wife goals, life goals, how um, like that kind of, secret closet cosplay cosplay yeah. or like that I like that person that person is who I want to be yeah um no one is going to notice if I'm wearing a shirt that's similar to them or yeah. if I'm doing my hair like them for sure um little pin badges like little there are ways and means little flashes like like Hamish says even if it's something small it's like it can be amazing how much weight that can carry if it feels like a part of you that you're able to put out there Mm. then yeah you might not be in a position to do it big right away and that can be really rough yeah but there are small ways doing it in obtrusive ways and online is great yeah there, i mean yeah there's so many pitfalls about existing online and things but there are places and there are forums and i, I mean that in the literal sense of a forum and both just as the general concept of a space there are places out there, if you're nervous, you, there are places you can post anonymously. Apologies if I went on the wrong attack tack with this question from the start. <laughs> but if you want to express yourself, there are ways to do so. I mean, if you want to get in contact with us again um, and, and be more speak, you can, and we'd be happy to talk off air if we can, yeah. help, if we can help in some way. I was... Like more concrete suggestions, but we don't really know where you're coming from with this question 
Yeah, so I'm just responding it to as if I asked it. Um, You're so smart. Well, I, I I was out online years before I was out offline, yeah. and I never looking back on that at the time I never considered it being out, but it was actually, I guess I was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think just we're always trying to set the bar very high for ourselves, and you don't always need to. Yeah. I suppose, but again. If you if that's not at all what he wanted to get the then answer please, to, please message us again. Message we'll us we'll again. try again. We'll take another um, run at it. So it's a, a kind of similar vibey question. Um, uh, Jake Manitz, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, what your uh, this is a question about what your queerness and geekiness has meant to those around you, like friends and family, and sort of how they experience it, um, and how they've reacted or uh, treated us. Um, You've then apologised that it's too personal, but I think no. that's okay. Um, it's fine. So this credits it's fine, and Jake. geekiness, which is quite separate things. Yep. Even though the whole podcast is about how they're well, our, similar. Well, our, our podcast is about the overlap yep. between. Um, I frequently uh, um, have had more grief over my geekiness than my queerness. Personally. Mm-hmm. That, that, no, I tell, no, I've had both. I've had both. Um, within my family, I get, I've been, I've received more teasing and stuff about my nerdy interests, whereas being queer um, doesn't really get. But then there's that playful banter thing with like the people that love you, which is mm. like that fine line. But I mean, I get more pushback generally about the geeky stuff than I do about the queer stuff. Sort of coming out as non-binary and trans has been more difficult. Um, Also more recent. But I don't know. It's... I feel like this would be useful to get somebody who doesn't know us. I mean, mean, we've only known each other in the context (laughs) of being queer geeks like the two though but thing is those two parts have never been sort of separate so far as our dynamic goes so i can't really say i can't extract the two elements from each other when i think about when i think about hamish i it's all a part it's all a parcel it's just hamish is my awesome gay nerdy friend (laughs) um i i don't think nerdiness was ever really a problem in my family um, I have two older brothers who had already started down a nerdy train and when mm-hmm. I was born, um, I just followed yeah. suit, um, which I, I often have to appreciate cause my dad's, uh, like does cricket, like sport was a card salesman. Yeah. Never once ever did I feel like he was disappointed that yeah. we ended up being nerds. Yeah. I, I suppose I'm quite lucky in that regard. My parents, um, my dad was, my mum is both nerdy in their own ways i grew up around sort of fantasy novels and uh graphic novels and like watching star trek and stuff like that and they always sort of encouraged my interests and then coming out later when that happened it was the same sort of acceptance that i'd always had but then i'm i'm aware of how lucky i am in that respect yeah see i at school went through a few patches of sort of teasing or but I can't really work out if it was nerdiness or queerness um because I probably didn't know myself yeah I have the same thing with autism yeah like I um I think 
generally people saw me as some kind of target in some ways and so would say I got asked if I was a girl a lot of the time. All right. Um and I I don't know exactly why. I suppose the way I behaved wasn't super boyish. Um and I guess I was always trying to hide certain nerdiness things, but I don't know, people kind of I don't know. I don't know really the definition. I think it's just elements that make you a bit different. Yeah. Um I've always been weird and an outsider a lot of the time so like going to understand that I was queer that just sort of adds a new flavor of that I mean I but I try to like I when I sort of tried to come out at secondary school I got a lot of negative pushback against that and um but then I went to a different sixth form and that really helped Mm. So, I know, uh, I try to surround myself where possible with positive people, be it online or in person, um, who in, who sort of embrace all elements of who I am. Again, maybe I'm just incredibly lucky in that I've been able to do so. I also don't have that many friends. <laughs> so, you know. That's the thing. When I look back on as being a kid, I... I was lonely. Well, yeah, I think about a very small group of people yeah. um, who would never tease me mm-hmm. about these things. Um, and then everybody else? Well, just everyone else was kind of like... I felt like... They weren't. I, I. They didn't register on any kind of radar in the same way I didn't to them. Yeah. I felt very much in some kind of eye of the storm, and they like I don't know. I. I. I wasn't trying to be seen as super, like straight and not nerdy. Yeah. So I didn't feel necessarily. Um pushback for that if i wanted to ask about like how in recent times my queerness has uh, been treated around people um i'm always second guessing what they're really thinking or yeah if i talk too much about certain topics or if i yep. care too much about things yep. um sometimes i i love my job i'm very lucky to like where i am at the moment in the job um and part of my job is like pitching shows and coming up with shows and I do get a kind of a little vibe of all right here's the here's here we go when I say so the LGBT representation of the show we're doing I can just hear everyone being like Hamish I know this means a lot to you but we're trying to get the show made and maybe like put this in later um but I think that probably has just says more about the kind of person I am than necessarily my inherent queerness because yeah. I do know a lot of uh specifically gay guys who just don't care yeah they'd be the people that would comment on things like saying why do we even care about this like because um, they don't need to they don't need to I, I come across a lot of gay people who are who don't remember what being in the closet was like or don't remember when things yeah like they've reached such a Often they're very privileged in a lot of other ways. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> I think we should go down to the bottom question. Well, the, the the next one. No, the bottom one. I think we should oh, drop down and pop okay. back just because this one makes me smile. So this is a question from Melissa Trender who I think we're going to do like a guest arc spot on. Um, they're one of my best friends, my ex-flatmate, my... Uh, the best friend I made from uni and... All-round awesome human being. Awesome human being and definitely needs to be on the podcast for lots of kind of reasons. Yes. When I think queer and nerdy... Yeah, no, Mel's definitely up there. <laughs> I also... and I, I'm sure she will laugh when I say this because this is to do with the specific piece of art she did of herself, but I also always inevitably think piss witch. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we watched. Uh, oh, I just want to say this. We watched Pleasantville. Yeah. Uh, the other day, and um, essentially, part of the film is how um, Reese Witherspoon's kind of destroys a mm. town through having sex with boys. Good work, like, at Reese. the start. And like Mel was watching, going like <laughs> goals. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I said, do you, do you want to descend from the television like a she-witch and destroy a town with uh, sexual activity? I don't know. Uh, Mel is a wonderful character. Yeah. The want... thing is, if, you were to, if we were to describe Mel in her entirety, if such a thing were possible, you would think we were talking about a fictional character. Yeah. I, she's so larger than life in the best possible way. Yeah. And, we um, love Mel. Often I, when I'm writing stuff, I go through the test, which is what would Mel think? Yeah. Um, because I credit Mel with my uh, entire like. <sighs> no, that cis white it. dudes face a uh, a fork in the road in their lives where they can choose what route they go down and where their opinions lie, and even though. Um, as a gay person, I feel like I definitely would have certain views. I look back on pre-knowing Mel Hamish and the types of things he used to laugh at and types of uh, stories he would write. And I credit Mel with being someone who took me on the path to the person I am today. That's awesome. Um, but also asked a question, yeah. which yeah, is, did. why do we find the word problematic problematic? We finally got a jar. We got a That's jar. the problematic jar. There's the jar. I feel part of the issue with the word problematic is it's become it's overuse. It it's sort of lazy shorthand because everything is problematic. <laughs> we are so going on holiday. Where is the most problematic place we can go on holiday to? <laughs> no, um. I feel like using the word is it's shorthand and it's kind of reductive because it just it like okay we're acknowledging this thing has issues and then we're going to carry on. That's really where it comes from the issue. Also, just because it's such a, a hot word. Yeah, I think it's just it's major use on Tumblr. Um, my problem with it mm. comes from. Um, the website your favorite is problematic, I think, there's it again, is a very necessary and inevitable thing that our generation created. Mm -hmm. And I think it is not inherently bad in any way. Mm -hmm. However, the criteria for what is problematic uh, is... Um, quite vague and my main problem is that it's uh, structured as a list 
And on that list, you have genuine abusers, people who have tortured people, people who have committed abhorrent crimes, and people who played a character who wore something bad and something. And those are bad things to do, but also... I think basically my 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 problem is I saw on the list someone who is notorious for horrifyingly abusing someone, and then underneath them was Zoe Deschanel, and I clicked on her one, and it said she played a character in a film once who wore a kimono. Definitely on kimono pajamas, right? And while you can obviously say. I might have made different choices for the Zoe Deschanel thing. The fact that they're on the same list and the fact that they're both listed under problematic means that yeah. this word... Oh, wait, sorry. Like, what does it mean? Like, saying something is blank... I'm not going to... We're running out of money. <laughs> running out of money. Um, but saying some, describing something as being that like, doesn't say anything. Yeah, and, and that's the problem. It's a lazy shorthand. It comes weighted with a certain amount of discourse one that's either unnecessary or avoided it's basically we try not to use the word because it's an inherently lazy word and it's a shortcut and with we it's basically us telling you something you already know it's also we don't ever say it without then explaining in what ways it is yeah and i think some people just leave it as that they say we it's very okay to enjoy media which has bad elements in it yeah but as long as you know specifically what those bad elements are and you don't yeah. just think, oh, I like it, but it's also... Yeah. If you go into things with a critical mind, um, then... And no, it's about how you engage with things. But I also think there's this, this sort of almost feral need to, like, denounce things, to, to pick them apart. And while, yes, stuff is flawed... I just feel that there's this culture that sort of has swum up around media that that's all people focus on. And I, I feel that's both as a detriment to the things that they're trying to analyse. Because saying, coming, oh, that is problematic. So don't do a thing. It kind of ends discussion. Yeah, and that's not... Yeah, I think that's it. And we aren't interested in ending discussions. We're interested in having discussions it feels and like, furthering them. Yeah, it feels like once you label something with that word you can't you're done talking then, that's pe- people yeah. say that and then they'll throw their hands it's up stuck, like i don't want to talk about it's it stuck to X it and it can't boom. be viewed from a different point of view or yeah quite often i get a it when um people make a comment on something being homophobic but it's because they want something different from representation that i do yeah um and I think the reason why we've made a joke out of it on the show is yeah. that because the word has taken such a control over discussions of media in this way, we inevitably use it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to... It's not a... The word? The <laughs> word isn't inherently bad. Problematic is not a problematic word. It's just that it's overused and I think we can be a bit more nuanced. Yes. I hope that satisfies you, Mel. I hope we have answered your question. Um... Okay, the anonymous rogue is back. Oh yeah, from the shadows. Who is an actual? That's not a username. They are genuinely anonymous, and a rogue. <laughs> nice. Um, they asked us if uh, we're ever going to do an episode talking about recent feminist sci-fi films beyond Mad Max Fury Road, which I don't know whether we've talked about, and if so, we should talk about. Yes. 
but also uh, the examples they gave, uh, Ex Machina, Under the Skin, and questions of feminine identity. So they also said some nice things about us. But yes, thank you very much. Thank you. I feel like those are all very different films. Yes. Different discussions. Have you seen them? I have only seen Mad Max out okay. of those. So um, I mentioned in our last Catch Up Geek Out um, movies by Mikey, uh, his video about Ex Machina is very interesting. Mm. So go watch that. Um, I feel what, like we would. That's something. That is a episode I'd love to get yeah, Mel on. Mad, Mad, Mad Max is on our list of stuff to talk about anyway. But um, Anonymous Rogue has specifically asked us to talk about other things. One thing that I will say before we go into this further is um, talking about issues of female identity um, is kind of something maybe Hamish and I shouldn't do by ourselves. Yeah. I mean, yes, I was, I'm was. i socialised female and spent a lot of my life identifying as such, but I'm not going to get into the weird headspace that comes with being non-binary. I feel right like now. someone who identifies female will have Much a different more, view. Yeah, the, the, there are definitely some conversations that we'd love to have. Um, I feel this is... We, maybe we could make a little mini run out of looking at uh, feminist films... Yeah, I mean, I, it's interesting. I don't think of like I don't have um, problems with the word feminist. No, um, God, no. But I think sometimes its use is interesting because I don't necessarily think things are feminist. Like I don't think a film is feminist. Yeah. I think someone's femi- like a feminist. Yeah. Or I don't know. It's a bit of lexicological stuff going on there. That was a good I, also, <laughs> I feel just those are an odd variety of films because I feel. Um, I don't know, I just feel it's funny how it's so rare to have women in a film or leading a film yeah. or about a woman that any any time you see a woman in a film, suddenly you're kind of mm. thinking about it in feminist yeah. critique. Also, with regard, if Under the Skin is the film that I'm thinking that it is, there's also a lot of intersection there with racial politics as well. I know there is with Ex Machina. Um, that I would also feel uncomfortable not addressing. So, again, that would be something that we would need to find a guest to, to join in a discussion on. Mm. We're looking... We're One of the reasons we haven't had more guests on is um, we... We're not really, very good at talking to strangers. We're not very good at talking to strangers, and we really want the right one, yes. the right guest, and we really want to give it... We've a, a, there's a whole list of things we've specifically avoided talking about so far on this podcast because we want to get the exact right, right person. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So uh, to be honest, in answer to your question, will you ever do an episode about this? Yes. Absolutely. We always like hearing episode suggestions. Mm-hmm. Oh, so thank um, you. So we'll we'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, there is uh, another question. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which is from uh, Underrug Swept on Twitter, who's Henry, who's uh, someone who we might have on as a guest. He is a, my, um, I think of him as my uh, superhero queer expert. Ah, cool. Very intense. 
X-Men and Batman feelings. Um, I approve. From a LGBT perspective. Okay, cool. Um, asks, what colour Power Ranger would you be? <laughs> Purple. Purple. Good. I think I'd probably be... I, ha- I mean, I have dr- drawn my Power Ranger Sona before many times, and I've often been purple mm. or orange, but um, I do like yellow. That's my favourite colour. Yeah. If I was to go from the main sort of spectrum that we see, maybe blue, mm. given the personality types that tend to be blue rangers. That is true. Um, probably blue, but I think I like the idea of being purple. Or, the thing is, the reason I didn't say green, because... When I think of myself, purple is one of my favourite colours, but so is green. And I think a lot of people associate the colour green with me, mm. not just because of my hair. Have you had purple hair before? had a purple streak in my hair. It, okay. washes out. it always washes out really quick. Mm. It's weird. Purple doesn't linger. But um, <laughs> it doesn't. This is a good phrase, purple, purple doesn't, doesn't linger. linger. Not with me. It's a good thing for your Power Ranger. Yeah. It's like, like a ninja. Like a shadow. Yeah. Like a shadow in the night. Yes. Thank you, overhead passing aircraft. Appreciate that very much. But um, yeah, no, green or purple to carry on with my ongoing villain aesthetic. Why are there no good guys? Colour-coded purple and green. I don't know. I mean, there's quite a few good... uh, In It's actually interesting, the difference between Power Rangers and Super Sentai, Mm -hmm. which you can hear me talk about more on the last uh, Catch Up Geek Out, is that um, in Japan and in the West... Colours have slightly different associations. Yes. So quite often the blue range is a girl. Um, blue is seen, I guess, as quite a... I don't know. Blue is seen as one of the most traditional male character colours mm. in the West, but it doesn't necessarily have that association, maybe. Um, yellow is very often male mm-hmm. in Japan, um, whereas it seems to be more associated with girls over here. Um, Probably because red, blue and black are boys. Yeah. And they want to make more balance in the team because pink rangers are always the girl. Yeah. My favourite Super Sentai ranger is a yellow ranger from the series Jetman. Um, I think his name's Writer. The actor came back in a future season playing a character called Cameo, which was a nice little joke. I love it. Um, and I like him because he's one of the few chubby rangers uh-huh. who doesn't get not chubby when he's in the outfit. And That's good. I, and I always like seeing... Like, I, I I didn't really like Star Trek Beyond, but I've mentioned it quite often recently. Um, there's, like, you see someone who's, a, you know, quite large in the Starfleet uniform, and it's really interesting just to see how those iconic costumes look with different weights, mm-hmm. so that you can think, oh, that's what I would look, and you, yeah. I won't feel like I'm doing it wrong somehow. Anyway, anyway, anyway yellow I always like. Cool. Um, Remzel added to that, um, well, on this subject that they wanted to hear our thoughts on future movie sequels and Femme Tommy slash Green Ranger. Mm. There's a, a... Without spoilers, there's a lot of discussion about the concept of a Green Ranger in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's very led into thinking that's what the second one would be about. Um, but yeah, the cast themselves have said that they would want a female Tommy. Um which is very interesting. Awesome. One of the reasons why it's interesting is that one of parts of Power Rangers canon Pink is and that... Green. Yeah, Kimberly and Tommy are of interests. And even though Yellow has been burdened with the... Uh, onus? The onus of being the queer one. Um, Here's a newsflash. 
more than one of your cast yeah. can be queer. Um, actually, a very interesting thing I was reading is oh. something kind of spoilers. Is it spoilers if you talk about something that didn't happen? No. Okay, so spoilers for Power Rangers, the new movie. Um, Jason and Kimberly in one of the old trailers had a kiss. And oh, it's right. nowhere in the film. Ah. And the reason given mm-hmm. is the they did a test screening and people didn't like that the female, the pink ranger, um, they kissed in a scene which is actually about her character development and then oh, it right. became about her being a love interest. Yeah. And they edited out any romance between red and pink because people didn't like seeing forced heterosexual romance in their action films. Hey, how refreshing. Um, and it's really interesting. The way the director talked about it was very much positive about, I didn't know we could like not do that. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. And like I'm very proud of how we removed that. So, yeah, I want Tommy. I want someone to... Uh, I... Hollywood, I'm available. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that I'm, one, English, and two, going to be 31 in just over a week. I don't think that will... Put... I don't think I fly quite... I don't know whether I can pass as a teenager. <laughs> I don't think some of the people in this film pass as teenagers. <laughs> well, in that respect, if they want to cast a weirdo, non-binary English person as their Green Ranger, I am available. They should have a non-binary Green Ranger. That would be cool. Um, one of my criticisms of the Power Rangers film is that the suit... Like, I've said before, I hate the designs for everything, but... The um, the female rangers' outfits have very strange boob of course, elements, gym. and it's so obvious when they first transform because you see, I think it's Kimberly who has a relatively flat chest, yeah, and then the costume like morphs over her skin and just goes whoop over the Fantastic. boobs. And like, how is that helping? What purpose does this? Serve? They do a fun little joke though about how in uh, the. In Super Sentai, the Yellow Ranger was a boy, but mm. was a girl in the Power Rangers. They make a joke about how people don't know if the Yellow Ranger is a boy or a girl, which seems silly because of the costume. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. anyway, don't ever ask a question about Power Rangers again because that's going to be like <laughs> a large chunk of the episode as I go off on a tangent. I have no objection to you guys sending us Power Rangers <laughs> questions because I really enjoy seeing Hamish go off on a tangent. I just have a lot of feelings about I teenagers do. in brightly coloured outfits saving the world. That's cool. It's cool. Inquiries. Inquiries. That's all of our questions for today. That is. Yeah, this might be a, a briefer episode than used to, but hey, you guys, the weather's getting nicer. Yeah. Maybe you've been listening to this podcast outside. Go get an ice cream. Go get a Coke or Pepsi. Get your beverage of choice. We support you. Get a Coke float. Or don't. And <laughs> Don't get Pepsi. Oh, Pepsi float. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, please keep. Oh well. Well, yeah. Please keep sending in questions. Yeah. Please. Not just when we ask for them. You can send this to them anytime. Um, we talked about uh, maybe having a hashtag if you if you're on Twitter. Uh, rather than it being maybe a question you want us to answer straight away, if you stick the hashtag no box vox pop, and you can do this if you send us questions via. Uh, Tumblr as well, just so we know if it's a question to be answered immediately, mm-hmm. or whether it's one that you'd like to hear us answer on air. But uh, yeah, do that. And if you want to get in contact with us, I'm gonna, we're going to shake up this ending a little. Yeah, bit, guys. I think I. I think I. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, but if you want to get in contact with us, whether it's with no box vox pop questions, or whether it's to 
Tell us how you're doing. Be nice mm-hmm. to hear from you. Actually, that would be cool. Tell us sort of whereabouts in the world you are, um, how you maybe start found the podcast. That'd be cool for us to know. Um, but yeah, you can get in contact. We're Box Not Included on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and at gmail.com. So we're very easy to find, and we even have individual Twitters. Um, I am at Hamish Steele. And I'm at Jade Oxford Rose. As always, we got to thank Graham Waller. Audio, uh, audio Overlord Ooh. and Master of the Soundwaves for our theme music, uh, for helping produce the podcast. Uh, we would be lost without him. Um, please feel free to check out more of his work at GrahamWaller.com and he's got his own podcast, The Mix Cave. But We need to thank them. Oh, yeah, also thank you, you know. We you, love you, There's Joe. implied thanks. <laughs> um, but we were uh, if if it if it's not too much trouble, we would super appreciate reviews and ratings and subscriptions on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and any kind of contact. Yeah, no. Also, uh, we're also still thinking about doing maybe periscopes. Yes. Uh, so if you'd like to see our faces as well as hear our voices, let us know. There's also secret possible maybe attempts to do some kind of live event, but we're not sure how or when. Mm. I don't know. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But until the next time you hear from us, I'm Jade Rose. I'm Hamish Steele. And don't let anyone box you in. <laughs>